welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, today we're going to be musing on the, the um, what I call Beloved, let us love one another. It's actually a theme verse taken from the book of 1 John chapter 4. And how are you? I hope you're well. I hope, I always like to ask how are you doing because I think a lot of us are not doing okay, you know what I'm saying, but people were just going on and carrying on and trudging on and, you know, until you get to the point where you you find you cannot trudge on anymore. And um, I think the word I would just encourage all of us to do is to just continue to look unto God and... Um, Anyway, let's talk about let's muse and hear you know let's muse on the word of God, muse with Jesus as as we say and um, let's see what the Lord will say to all of us today. I I try not to use cliches and platitudes when talking to people these days because I see that a lot of people do that. I also when I was going through a very difficult time, I noticed that a lot of my Christian friends, well-meaning friends, people who love you, but they really don't know what to say, and they don't realize that it's okay to be quiet if you really don't know what to say, you know. And then they come up with all the, you know, they start reading out scriptures. I think it's the most. I just think it's it's it it doesn't help because that person already knows the scriptures at that point in time. What you need is a word in season to him that is weary. And if that word isn't coming, a word in season means a word for that moment. It's not a rehearsed word. And if that word isn't coming, as in you don't have an unction from the Holy Spirit to say that word, then there's nothing you can say. Just, just you know, you could say, I'm praying for you or something like that, you know. Yeah, so those platitudes and cliches just don't help. Anyways, that's by the side. So, um... So I've been, you know, if you've been listening or stumbled on any of my last musings, you'd see that I've been talking a lot about things that have been happening, you know, in my home country, politically, in the world. In fact, I think throughout the pan- pandemic, um, more so then and to some extent now, just really talking about how there's just a lot of turmoil in the world. I think now it's no longer just about the pandemic and the virus. It's now about how political leaders are, you know, the aftermath. Let's put it that way. So in Nigeria, the, the virus, the pandemic is still here. The virus is not so, you know, it's not so bad, at least not that we see, you know. Things have quieted down a bit. We're still trying to see. We're hoping the Delta variant doesn't take hold and that sort of thing. We haven't, it hasn't been noticed in Nigeria yet. Um, things are not yet back to normal, but, you know, cases are less than they have been but we're not you know we're still vigilant to very large extent we're still acting like as though the virus you know we're still very vigilant let's put it that way at least in the places where people have always been vigilant but we're now in the aftermath the economic aftermath of it and the political aftermath because there's just a lot of there's crisis everywhere because uh, there's just crisis and there's a lot that is being said, a lot of hateful words that are being said, a lot of actions being taken by the leadership and people, supporters of those who are leading, you know, that is really pitching individuals against one another. You know, the them and us narrative is very, very strong. And 
what I'm finding is that if I do, if I'm not careful as a Christian, I will find out that I will allow it to overtake me to the point whereby you know that hatred also takes hold because the actions being taken are so provocative, they're so they're so in your face, they're so cruel that if you do not it's only the spirit of God that can make you rise above it and um, so I just want to you know and the Bible talks about guarding your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life and I just really feel like I have to represent you know I have to really represent myself and the Lord even more and I think at this point I'm just going to cross over to a scripture that I think the Lord wants me to do. I'm sensing that the Lord wants me to talk about something else right now. So I'm just going to make that shift right away. So 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 17 to 19 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their their sins unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation so in my past musings I've been thinking about how you know going back to first principles and saying the only reason why God left me on earth or trying to find purpose for why I'm on earth and that's really funny because I've talked and talked about this over and over but I still feel that I haven't yet gotten to where I need to get to because the question is and I've had a lot of people ask this question this has been preached in congregations and gatherings where I have been present and it's something that bears is us reminding ourselves and me reminding myself the fact that the Lord does not transmit people straight to heaven immediately they get saved means there's a work for them to do on earth the conversion process the new birth experience is a prelude to joining God's army to coming into God's kingdom on earth and to executing the work of God on earth that's the purpose you know there's a purpose and otherwise if it was all about making heaven the Lord, immediately you get saved, it will be the normal path. You get genuine salvation, you know, immediately you get upgraded to heaven, heaven, heavenly status. As in giving your life to Christ is straightway your body dies, you know, and you go to heaven. But that doesn't happen. God doesn't change your natural life. He doesn't, you know, other than healing your body and that sort of thing or whatever your salvation experience may have come with on a personal level. He really doesn't change your natural context. You know, your name doesn't change. Your genetics don't, you know, you know what I'm saying. Your your natural life still remains as it is. And that's because the Lord wants to use that. Um, but I think what's been happening is that we, 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 the part of, we are taught, honestly, and, and we're, we're taught to, see the salvation of our souls as the ultimate where God is concerned and yes it is the ultimate but 
what there's more beyond that there's also god wanting to use my life my tongue my heart my voice my lifestyle my family my home he wants to use everything that i have my experience my thoughts my wisdom my knowledge my voice everything to also bring others to the knowledge of the truth and this scripture says that it says when it talks about the new birth experience it says, if any man being Christ is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things are become new and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us given to me Shola, the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself the entire world not counting or imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So, the Lord expects me to... So, the Lord has committed unto us the word of reconciliation and uh, that's what he expects. He expects us to, to be focused on reconciling others to him. And... Um, and if I go back to that first um, first book of John chapter 4 where I was reading where I was trying to get to before I, I, I just feel that there's too much of self-love going on I think if I speak for myself I think that's one of the um, biggest things standing between my living or my expression the expression of God in my life my sense of self-preservation is very high. My sense of self-love or self-protection is, is, is very high. Self-will also, to a very large extent. And all these things have no place where, you know, the love of God is. And I just want to read a few scriptures that talk about how God sees, you know, God's perspective about things. And, you know, my, my honest prayer it's just that I just pray that I will not fall short of God's standard of, for for His children because I see that I still have a long way to go in terms of where I should be, God, where God wants me to be. But I also know that He's a merciful God. But anyway, let's just read it. So it says, and the entire First John chapter four. In fact, that whole First John tractate from verse chapter one to I think to five or so or six is is a gold mine. But this chapter four, because it starts off by saying, test every spirit whether they are of God, many false prophets have come into the world. He says this is the way you will know the Spirit of God, because every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and that every spirit that doesn't confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard that it will come into the world, and it is already in the world, even as of that time. But it says you have got little children, and you have overcome them, in other words, overcome those Antichrist spirits. And it says, because greater is he, the God that is in you, than the devil that is in the world. And it says, they, those false spirits, those false prophets, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak of the things that are of the world and not of God. And the world hears them, it hears them, because the world has itching ears. But it says, we that are of God, we, we know that God hears us. And he that is not of God does not hear us. Hereby we know, one, the spirit of truth, as opposed to the spirit of error. So there's a spirit of error working in the spirit spirit of the antichrist in false influencing false prophets upon the earth whether the spirit of truth walking through the children of the most high god and um, making them speak the truth and it now goes 
down to verse 7 which says beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loves is born of god and knows god so the knowledge of god enables us to love one another because god love is of god he says he that does not love he that loveth not knoweth not god for god is love that's a one-liner classic one he that loveth not knoweth not god for god is love beloved let us love one another first john 4 7 and 8 that was a song we used to sing back in the day so he says but love is of god and everyone that loves us is born of god and knows god and knoweth god it says verse 9 in this was manifested the love of god towards us because that god sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him herein is love not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins so verse 9 you know really brings it connects what god is saying here with what he said in second corinthians 5 he says that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So he didn't send Jesus into my life just to save me so that I'll go to heaven. He wanted to live through me in this my natural life. He wants to live through me. And the only way I can make that happen is to make myself a willing vessel unto him. Otherwise, I will be living on earth but Christ will not be living through me. They are two different things. So I think right now, what has happened to me, and I think many of us believers, is that Christ is living in us, but not through us. We're still self-willed. We're still self-led. We're still self-motivated. We're full of self-love. And in that situation, it's impossible to fulfill the great commission and to you know be consumed with the with the zeal of doing that ministry of reconciliation because you are too embroiled in the complexity of your own life and I, I, I see that's what's happening most of us when we come before the Lord we're not praying for souls we're not praying I mean in my country Nigeria I saw a figure yesterday saying 345 children are in captivity Father Lord in heaven I, 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 I didn't just know what to do I was like how can I be living my life by waking up every morning, living normally, when there are 345 families whose children have been taken that we know of? So I need the zeal of God to consume me. I need. God in such a way that what matters to God is what matters to me and that I'm able to do what 1st John chapter 4 verse 9 says where I will be living through Christ that we might live through him
shall we just be learning because i think i just allowed the word of god to do its, its thing and explain to us because i i'm i can't even say i'm in a position to teach on these things because i think i need to really understand the spirit of a lot of what is being said here and you know i just there's just a lot of unlearning that i need to do and relearning you know unlearning relearning and learning so he that loveth not knoweth no god for his love and this was manifested the love of god towards us because that god sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him Herein is love not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins beloved if god so loved us we ought also to love one another no man has seen god at any time if we love one another god dwells in us and his love is perfected in us Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And I'll go down to... So it says, Herein is our love. Um, so whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Um, so I'll move down to verse 20. It says, If a man say, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his own brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God, loves his brother also. So... I don't see anything here that talks about loving self, you know what I mean. Um, everything in this scripture is about God loving us and translating the love of humanity to us through his love for us. So God loves me as an individual, sends his son to me die for me as well as the entire world and transmits that same love that he had for the world that made him give his only begotten son as a savior transmits it to me and then commits to me the ministry of reconciliation that I will reconcile others to him by sharing the testimony of how God reconciled himself to me that's, that's really it. That's really it. Anything less than that. But you know, it's like we've been sold a, 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 a corrupted, I don't know. So I, I, I have to start learning afresh how I can do more of what God is saying. But I think it has to just start with loving God more. I think it's very hard for me to actually say that, but I have to love God. I have to learn how to love God more than myself. More than my, my cares. You know, the cares of this world. And the things that matter to me and my view of how I think my world should be. I have to love God more than all of those things. Otherwise, those things will always hold me back from loving God. I will be the kind of people that God says, 
they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And the people who have this zeal and passion for God, you can tell because they go out and they do stuff. They do stuff. They do stuff. So may the Lord help me. want to I want to find the expression for that which the Lord will want to do for me and I, and I don't want to just do it as a tick the box exercise I want to really I want to do it the God way you know what I'm saying I want to do it the way he wants me to do it not the way that I think because again if I hear this word and I say okay okay this is what God said I will look for the most comfortable way, you know, what I think. I, I don't think that's what God wants of me. And I don't think I'll, I will do, I don't think it will work. Because I'm trying not to be self-led anymore. So, I guess this is the starting point. I pray that the Lord will help me to, to be able to be this kind of person. That we might live through him, yeah. and that um, that ministry of reconciliation that he has committed unto me, that I will be faithful in it and do that which he will have me do with the rest of my life on this earth. In Jesus' name, and I pray for everyone that is listening to that. Um, if you are yet to give your life to Christ, I pray that today will be the day that you will ask Lord Jesus to come into your life and be your personal Lord and Savior and ask him to reveal himself to you and me if there's anything you're hurting for or you know any problem situation that you're going through that the Lord himself will meet you at the point of your need he will show himself strong in your life and in your heart he will overshadow you cause you to hope again and to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and that he will deliver you from everything that has held you everything that has oppressed you, everything that has tormented you, and everything that has made you feel less than what God would have wanted you to be, and what God has made you to be. I'm in agreement with you that the will of God will be done in your life, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and that the angel of the Lord will encamp round about you, and keep you from every evil thing, in the name of Jesus, and all to his glory in Jesus' name. So thank you very much for listening. I wish you a blessed and a glorious day. Stay lifted.